who will survive? Means nothing. Nothing means nothing. What do you mean by that? I'm talking about all the way to the top. Yeah. Unjustifiably in a position that I'd rather not be in. But the cream rise to the top. give you a show like you have never ever seen before why because i can hello everyone welcome to another special episode of the positively pro wrestling podcast i'm your host steve fountas and today we're going to call him in just a second we have a special guest on the show you know him as ring skirts we know him as nate and we all love Nate, a.k.a. Ring Skirts. And this is something we've wanted to do for a while, and I'll get into that in just a second. It's going to be a fun watch-along. We'll give you some details in a second. If you want to follow us on Twitter, we're PPW Podcast, and you can find all of our past shows just by searching Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Or go to SoundCloud, iTunes. Uh, if you have a podcast app, we will feed into it. Just search Positively Pro Wrestling. If you want to support the show... Just share and listen and tell a friend and interact with us on Twitter. It's the best way to support us. We have a web maneuver store. I'm um, a few t-shirts up there, but not a big deal. We get like six bucks a t-shirt, so it's not a big deal. Um, but just continue to support the show and continue to support all of our podcast buddies and everyone in the content creator series that's been on. I want to thank Ant from coming on, for coming on from the Rand Foundation last week. Uh, I want to thank my co-host, Eric, for the fun shows we've been doing. They've been very positive feedback from everybody the past few shows, so we'll try to continue with that. And Eric should be back next week for another fun show, which we will figure out at some point soon. I'm not really sure what the show's going to be about, but we'll figure it out. So this week, uh, Nate, who's my friend, met him through this show, met him in person, talk all the time about dumb wrestling stuff. Him and I have a lot of fun, uh, dumb wrestling memories in common, so I think that's why we get along so well. He was at a Raw taping in 1993, which isn't exactly uh, common, I would say. 93 Raw taping, you know, they were in Manhattan Center, they were in gymnasiums, they were East Coast places. It wasn't like big arenas where they travel around like they did now. So I, he said he had very specific memories of these shows, and I told him, I want to go in blind, so I haven't watched this Raw. We're going to do a watch-along. So to get yourself prepped, go to the WWE Network, Go to Raw, go to the year 1993. The episode will be August 2nd, 1993. And I'm going to have everyone start at the five-second mark. The show pretty much kicks off right away with like a flashback to last week's episode. So five seconds, hit the pause button and get ready. We're going to call Nate, a.k.a. Ring Skirts, and we will get started. We'll tell you guys when to press play, so get yourself prepped. And let's call up Nate. So we got Nate on the line. Nate, what's up, man? Not too much. How's it going, Steve? It's good. Do most people call you Nate or Ring Skirts? Um, I think most people call me Nate. I when it when I'm speaking with people, uh, I don't really talk with people and have people call me Ring Skirts. So one time, I was at an indie show and this dude, he recognized me and he yelled Wrestle Cave at me. <laughs> But he didn't call me Ringsters. Is that it? He just yelled Wrestle Cave and ran away? Or did you go talk to him? <laughs> no, he came up and he approached me. I was in line for an autograph. But how do you know? You're, you're not like... The only pictures you post yourself in like is in like the Mountie cosplay. So how does he know? <laughs> were you wearing the Mountie costume? Yeah. You were. We, we had connected a little bit because we both knew we were going to go to that show. Okay. So I don't know as if I had a picture of myself at that time or how he knew what I looked like. It okay, could have been so because I'm, I had my... Uh, I was wearing my blazer with the WWF logo on it. So okay. that giving it away. Okay. Okay. All right, guys. So Nate went to this bra taping, this TV taping, and it, there's actually two shows, but I think we're going to do one now and one later. Uh, so it, I mentioned it a second ago for everybody during the intro. Go to the network, 1993 Raw, August 2nd, 1993. Uh, Nate and I are going to be synced up. 
and we're just going to talk a lot through Nate's memories. He sent me like a, I feel bad. You sent me like this long, uh, detailed, like prep thing. And I said, I don't want to know anything. I want to know everything as we talk on the show. So we're going to talk from you getting down there, you getting to the, when you found out you were going, the, the whole thing. I want to know how the damn gymnasium smelled. We're going to talk about it all as much as you can remember uh, in a second. So everyone get to five seconds. Nate, you're there. I'm there. I'm ready. Let me, know, let me okay, we're going to hit play. And, so you know in Wayne's World, they do the three, two, and the silent countdown? We don't have to do that because we're talking. So we'll say three, two, one, go. And on go, we're both going to hit play, all right? Gotcha. Three, two, one, go. So the beginning of this is a from last week's Raw showing Doink the Clown and Macho Man. In the uh, Manhattan Center. Yes. So were you watching week to week at the time, 93? Were you like all in on Raw? Absolutely. Yep. I was okay. watching. If it was the summer, I was watching it live. Um, during the school season, I was taping it and watching it the next day. Yeah, I think around 93, I was able to sneak staying up late to watch Raw. Also, you got to realize, me being Central Time, I had a whole hour on you. That's true. So, so Raw's ending at 8 or 9 o'clock. For you, 10. That's a big difference, I would yeah. say for sure. Yeah. And how old are you in 93? Um, 9, 10? I was eight? born in 83, so I was about 10. 10. Yeah. Yeah, okay. See, I was born in 84, so we're the same center. Okay, then we got the two doinks here. All right, I, this particular Raw, I don't really remember. Um, the the one they're doing now. Now we got the classic intro, which to me doesn't remind me of this era of Raw. It reminds me more of the Raw video game for Sega Genesis and Super Nintendo. Okay, yeah. They show. So so leading up to the show, I remember I found out about it. Um, my parents found an ad in the newspaper that wrestling was going to be local. Was and this that, the first Raw bef- that left the Manhattan Center? Uh, I guess we no, should look that looking up. Looking back, I don't think it was. I don't think it was the first one that left the Manhattan Center. Mm-hmm. Um, so where clip, was this? So we, we we've got the you know the the classic crowd shots. Vince hyping the crowd up with Bobby Heenan. Where was this? So this is in Alexandria Bay, New York, in the Thousand oh. Islands. Okay. So I grew up in northern New York State, at the very top of the state, and this is the first and last time that there was a wrestling taping there. Mm-hmm. It was a. Uh, it's a little resort on the islands in this building. I think it was like they did like horse shows or something like that. Yeah, there. you can kind of see that. It looks like there. it looks like I want to say like a field house almost. Oh, and there's exactly. Macho Man, exactly. Macho Man with his classic USA uh, retro fest gear. Uh-huh. I like it. I mean, they nailed it. If you look at this, I'm looking at the figure now on my wall and looking at Macho Man. They nailed it. Nope, they did a great job on it. Okay, yeah. so do you remember this was aired August second? Was this aired before or did when did this tape? A couple days before? Um, no, it was like weeks before. Okay. So I want to say this aired like at least two two to three weeks afterwards. Here come the Steiner brothers outside that amazing neon logo the WWF has. So and everyone's got lo- the, the American flags. Go ahead. Go ahead. As yeah. you're looking at it, I was seated to the right, right of the, the aisle there. Of the neon. Yeah. Okay, so let's... We're we're not going to break down this the match here. By the way, I wish that I loved the Steiners in WWF. I wanted them to have a longer run. Um, they're facing a couple of jobbers here, but Barry Horowitz and is that Dwayne Gill? That is Dwayne Gill. Yeah, I like it. When I met, right, so, I ahead. met Dwayne Gill at a show, and I actually took a screen grab of this to have him sign it. I love it. Yeah. All right, so let's go back to because I love the stories of get the the anticipation of getting to something wrestling which is sometimes better than being there. So when did you find out you were going? Who got you the tickets? All this stuff. Let's let's go from the beginning as this match goes on. So With me, Bill Alfonso as the referee, by the way. Me and my buddy, who were both into wrestling at the time, I think we were like swimming in my backyard. And my dad's looking at the newspaper, and he's like, huh, the WWF's coming. And I'm like, what the hell? Are mm-hmm. you kidding? Because WWF had never come near us that I knew of at the time. I'd been to one indie show prior to that. Um, And he said, yeah, they're coming to Alex Bay, which was about an hour from where we lived. Mm -hmm. But when you're 10 years old, that might as well have been forever away. For sure. And I'm like, well, we got to go. And my dad's like, okay, well, how are you getting there? And I'm like, seriously? I'm 10 years old. (laughs) How am I getting there? (laughs) Somebody help me. And he's like, I took your brother that stupid stuff. I'm not going to get and then my mom said the same thing. She said, I took your brother once too, and I'm not going again. 
I'm like, mm-hmm. seriously? So my friend's dad actually ended up taking us. Mm-hmm. But we didn't know it was Raw. All we knew is we were going to see WWF. Um, oh. And we remember like speculating. We're like, we hoped it was Raw because Raw was the big show. And I remember going back and forth with my buddy and we were saying, well, if it was superstars, that would be cool too. Challenge kind of sucks. We hope it's not challenge. Yeah. I was convinced that it was going to be a Coliseum videotaping. Mm-hmm. The idea of a house show, we didn't even know that terminology at the time. Yeah. Like in my mind, all wrestling was live and broadcast on TV. And outside of that, there wasn't wrestling. So when we and got th- we this got time there, though, at this time though, like a lot of house shows were taped for Coliseum video too. That too, yeah. Maybe a little bit now was kind of dying off in 93, but prior, like, looking at all those Coliseum tapes, it's like, oh, man, a lot of the garden stuff and all these these tapings. But go ahead. So we didn't know what we were going to see. And I remember what- Up until you got there, you didn't know? Up until we got there, yeah. Oh, baby. (laughs) And I don't know if it was advertised in the paper as raw, and I was just young and didn't look at it, just knew I was going to wrestling and that's all I cared about. So we walk in the building and we see, of course, the raw banners, and -hmm. we're like, holy crap. It's actually raw. And I'm like trying to convince my friend. I'm like, let's not get our hopes up. I've seen a lot of like Coliseum video and stuff where there might be random banners hanging up. This could be anything. And the other thing was it was a Sunday. So we're like, how could there be raw on a Sunday? Sure. I mean, I know that everything wasn't necessarily shown as live, but raw, they always kind of told you it was live, you know? Yeah, Scott Steiner's hit the Frankensteiner, by the way, on poor Dwayne Gill. The crowd's hot for this right now. That's because it was the only thing happening in town forever. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you get to the arena, or the, the horse stable, and uh, <laughs> it's it's a packed house. It looks like it's whatever they could sell, they sold tickets to here. Oh, yeah. No, no, it definitely sold up. That's the one thing. So you get Anything. there, you see the, you see the banners. We see the banners. Oh. Not completely convinced. I didn't want to get my hopes up too high. Um, until Fink started hyping the crowd up and he said something along the lines of, hello, Alexandria Bay, even though it's Sunday night, tonight is Monday night raw. And we, we just got like goosebumps and we were so excited that we were seeing the show that we wanted it to be. And being 10 years old, that's like almost, I would say the prime fandom, maybe eight to 10 to me is like wheelhouse. Absolutely. That was my prime fandom. All right. So now we got Lex Luger here um, with his American flag shirt on. This is also the build to SummerSlam too. Yeah. Talking about academics and and all that stuff. All right. So was there a dark match before that Steiner's match? Was there tapings before? How did it go? Um, I don't exactly remember match by match. Sure. There had to be. I felt like we were there for... There were two raw tapings, but I felt like we were there for like three and a half hours. Also, you talked to me. I, I scanned your message. You Did you get merch? Mm-hmm. Okay, our friend Jeff Springer from the merch stand. They, what what would you have that he would have liked? What would you, you get? Also, I'm sorry to c- cut my off on my own question. Since your parents didn't bring you, did they give you spending money? Or did you have your Christmas money or, what, what, how, or, or birthday or whatever money? Like. Uh- I need, I, I need details. I don't remember the money situation. I remember I had a finite amount of money. I think I had like 20 bucks or something. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure if my parents gave it to me or if it was something that I had earned somehow. But I did buy merch. I didn't buy my merch until the show was over. So When you when walked I, in, was there like the stand there? Did you like scan it? Yeah, you walked in. There was a stand there. I remember in my mind I was expecting there to be like, like a vault of Hasbro figures. Naturally. And there weren't. I don't remember seeing anything like that. Mm-hmm. So the next most important thing to me is I wanted to buy something that felt like the wrestler had it, you know, something that they had. So the first thing I gravitated to were the Bret Hart shades. Oh man. I remember the they pink were, ones. Yeah. Pink or silver? Pink. It was pink okay. at that time. So I remember they were six bucks, which in today's terms seems dirt cheap, but for a 10 year old at that time, that seemed really expensive for what they were. Um, I decided I wasn't going to buy them at the beginning of the show because there was probably a pretty good chance that I was going to get Bret Hart's actual glasses. Mm-hmm. 10-year-old brain. So I bought them after the show. And then I bought the red foam Hacksaw Jim Duggan 2x4. Okay. 
because there were two things I thought I could play. With. We're that back was, on Raw now. That was four a bucks, girl, in a, girl in a bikini or a nice a one piece swimsuit. And Adam Bomb's coming out for his match. So you bought the uh, hacksaw and the uh, shade. What else? That girl is on Raw over and over again this whole season. I wonder if she was a work. Maybe she was like an employee. She had to have been other jobs. Maybe she was the makeup artist or something for the for the talent. Who knows? The hell is Johnny Polo where? You mean Raven? (laughs) Yes, Raven. (laughs) Quote the Raven. He's got like a pith helmet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like a uh, like a safari. This girl's not impressed. They showed a kid in the crowd. Like a rainbow shirt. He's facing Tony Roy. He looks like he's like on safari. He, Tony Roy looks like Richard Simmons on steroids. So he's got lacrosse gloves and a lacrosse uh, stick. Lacrosse stick. All right, so you bought anything else besides the foam finger or the foam 2x4 uh, and the That's shades? That's it. That's it. Okay. It was 10 bucks that I spent, but my buddy, who was a big Bret Hart fan, bought that pink tapestry that I ended up getting from you. Mm-hmm. So I remember that's what he bought that day. Well, now I'm even happier that I ended up giving that to you or trading yeah. with you because, like, that's a memory. Yeah, exactly. When you offered it to me, I said, you know, I actually have a good memory about that. Yeah, that was a uh, drunken eBay purchase that I bought before this crazy wrestling merch boom. Mm. I got it for like 18 bucks or something like that. It was pretty cheap. Um, but now that's something like that. You're not getting for less than like 60. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. There's a girl in the front row with the all over Hitman uh, shirt, that white shirt that says Hitman all over it. Mm-hmm. That's a $300 t-shirt right now. <laughs> who, so who's your favorite wrestler at this time? Were you all aboard the Lex Express in 93? Were you, he was he your new Hulk Hogan. Were you all in on him? I was still pushing for Hogan, even though he kind of was like missing at this time. Mm-hmm. I I wore my Hogan shirt to this to this event. Which one? Um, it was actually the one that came with like the Hasbro dress up kit. Okay. So it says like Hulk Hogan over top of like a barbell. Mm-hmm. I remember being super excited for Adam Bomb um, when he turned good guy because he's still a bad guy here, and like yeah, to me he was like, oh, this is this is like the new guy. You see the ceiling here? Yeah. I think I think this this venue is exactly what OVP makes fun of when they talk about Raw being in the awful venues. This well, like I love like nine I love the ninety five Raw venues where you could see the high school banners and like the basketball <laughs> hoops up. Yeah, Johnny Poles wearing something ridiculous here. Look at this shirt. It's got like a trout on it. You know, <laughs> if you're going to be ridiculous, you got to go all in. So I'm glad Johnny Polo did that. So your friend's dad, was he a fan or was he just like, you know, entertaining his son and his, his son's friend? He was just entertaining his son. He was a good dad. He, How he was, was he? not interested. But you and your buddy, are you still friends with this guy? Um, Not really, like loosely on Facebook. But sure. No, we kind of grew apart. Well, hey, you should send him this podcast when it drops. Like, remember this? <laughs> It's like, yeah, it was the worst day of my life. I saw Adam he, Bomb in a squash match. He did that thing like most kids. He stopped liking wrestling. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, maybe not everybody. I don't know if you have ever lapsed, but I did lapse after basically after WCW went under. Um, even a little before that, between two thousand two thousand one, like I watched Mania seventeen and I watched Mania eighteen, but I wasn't watching week to week, and I was completely shut off during that ruthless, ruthless aggression era. So. Everyone's fondness for that. For me, it's nothing. Did you ever drop off at all? Not at all. No, it's been well, good for you. Good for you. Yeah. So, so I know you're wanting Hogan, but like at this show, who's someone you're like? I hope we see this guy. Or I hope we see that guy. You know, uh, honestly, at the time, I don't remember hoping for a specific guy. Mm-hmm. Like everybody seemed like a star to me at that age. I was so into wrestling. You could have had, I mean, when Dwayne Gill came out, he was the one jobber I knew. That excited mm-hmm. me as a kid. When we first got to the building, Steve, um, off in the back, I saw one of the Hebners. Of course, I didn't know if it was Earl. Oh, here comes, I'm going to start you off. We okay. got Doink on a unicycle. So what do you got sure. here? So um, this is take two. This is part of how, like, kayfabe was broke for me. When Doink okay. first came out, he fell off the unicycle. 
But as a heel, that's okay. Why they? Why oh, they yeah. Keep it? No, yeah, exactly. We were, we were booing him, and it was great. But when he stopped, went back through the curtain, and did it again, we were like, "Wait, what? They can yeah. do that?" So he messed up. So Doink came out. This is Evil Doink, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt Bourne, first WrestleMania participant. Matt Bourne. Mm-hmm. I would. It's funny you say they like the second take kayfabe. I've never experienced a taping where they did something twice, like a SmackDown or anything. I always heard the story that Bret Hart tells in his shoot interviews. Oh, here comes Macho USA. And I've also, um, it's been shown over again, like where Macho Man and Ric Flair had a match. And like Bobby Heenan, they, Bret Hart says, you know, so Bobby Heenan came out and just Vince sent him out to just start over. He's like, so they, Vince wrote him the ride act, says this is a terrible match. And they just stopped the match and went back out right and did it again. Like as a kid, I wouldn't know what to think if that happened. I know. Like, oh, what happened? Exactly. I, I read about something recently with, gosh, I forgot who the match was, mm-hmm. but I heard a similar story. So this is very cool. You got to see Macho Man wrestle. Yes. Which, to me, it, that's like a regret. Like, I don't, I've never saw him wrestle. Like, he's obviously one of my favorites and a lot of people's favorites and super charismatic. And he's got this Macho USA gear and this is 93 and a little bit of the tail end of his career in the WWF, but. Were you a big Macho fan? Absolutely. Macho was number two. You know, it, went, it was the Holy Trinity. Hogan, Macho, Warrior. Mm-hmm. Um, Looking at him on my wrestling buddy couch I have now. Hogan, Warrior, and Macho King. Yeah, exactly. So when when a lot of people, I think if you show most people this show, they'll look at the rundown and they'll say, oh, what a bunch of garbage matches. But for mm-hmm. me, looking back on it, I got to see Macho Man. Bobby Heenan was there. I got to yell yeah. weasel at Bobby Heenan. I mean... What more do you want as a wrestling fan to cheer on the Macho Man and yell weasel at Bobby Heen? Did they have a like uh, announcer's mini intro where they ran down the aisle and I think I'll introduce them or they just start the tape? I don't I don't remember them being introduced, but they did walk down the aisle. Vince okay. and Bobby walked down the aisle multiple times because they went back, I think, for a break during the middle. Macho Man's looking under the ring for the second doink, as he should, because as we know, WrestleMania 9, there were two doinks. It's an illusion. <laughs> Look at he's like drooling. Oh, I know. Matt Bourne's such a scumbag. I love it. He is. Did you ever get to meet him at like a con or anything before he passed away? No. No. That's this is the closest I got to him here. Have you met any of the other doinks and quotes at cons? No, I've never met a doink. I've seen him at a WrestleCon. Wasn't like, gonna pay. Ray like, Apollo. You're not a doink. Who knows who he was? Could have been. Remember when uh, they Alabama were doing the, Well, remember they were doing the Raw, um, whatever it was, where Heath Slater was facing all the legends, and one of the Doink, he wrestled Doink, and like he came out wrestling in like Skechers. <laughs> <laughs> I don't recall that part. Oh, go check it out. It's pretty <laughs> funny. And uh, one of the shoot interviews Kevin Nash did, they talk about uh, Doink the Clown. He's like, eh, they called him Krusty, Krusty the Crown. <laughs> He's like, what do you mean? He, like John Oliver or whatever. John Oliver, the guy from whatever his name is, Sean Oliver. And though she interviewed us, he was like, what do you mean? He's like, he never showered. He lived the gimmick. <laughs> Called are, him crusty. Are, are you familiar with Alabama Doink? I'm not. Look up Alabama Doink. Right there, now? Okay. There's like a bunch of awful Doinks. I guess there was like this indie guy in Alabama that went as Doink, and he's like 500 pounds, and he's the worst looking Doink you'll ever see. Okay, let's check him out right now. Oh, okay, with like a lucha mask. He didn't even, he didn't yes. even bother painting his face. He even paint his face. <laughs> I mean, look at this. Macho Man, This there's maybe 1,100 people here, you say? Maybe 1,000 yeah. people? Maybe. I mean, WWF does a good job of making this this horse barn seem bigger than it is. Yeah. Did, did it seem small to you when you got there? Like they're going to do wrestling here? No, no. At that age, I mean, the venue size didn't even register to me. Yeah, to me, there's maybe a thousand people here, but like Macho Man is not phoning it in at all. And like how cool, like Macho Man didn't wrestle all the time at this time. Yeah. And I think it's pretty iconic gear too. I mean, you see a lot of photos of him. He didn't wear this outfit often, but. Yeah, I just wish they made that RetroFest with his coat to go with it. Mm-hmm. That's like my one gripe about it. But at the same time, like 
I also love that that figure ended up being like $3. So I have like four versions of him. <laughs> I have one loose, one in the box, one I gave away. So like I just like was at GameStop just grabbing them all. However, I did pre-order it, so that'll be hard to find. Did pay thirty bucks for it initially, so what are you gonna do? So As one a, of, one of the ahead. things my buddy and I did before the show started, since we were near the rail, we were like chatting it up with the cameraman. Mm-hmm. And we were just telling him like how awesome we thought his life must be. We thought being a <laughs> cameraman for wrestling was the coolest thing ever. And I remember the guy being like, yeah, kid, have, like, bigger aspirations. Something along those lines he said to us. and we just You're like, one day I'm going to make a figure form out of you <laughs> and put it on the internet. I actually have the jumpsuit now, too. Love it. I love it. Yeah, even, even like, Evan Bourne here. Evan Bourne said it again. <laughs> Matt Bourne. <laughs> As they're doing the match, he's, like, he's limping. He's making fun of the macho man. This could be like a house show match, like a tour, you know, like on the card somewhere. So I, I think, can see that. I think. Oh no, I'm trying to think. Was it was it IRS that stole Macho Man's hat, or was, no, it, was it Repo Man? It was Repo Man. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, you also said because I'm seeing people in the crowd here. Everyone's waving little mini American flags. Yes. Was that was that like a giveaway when you got in? It was as you were filing into the building. They were giving away little American flags. To make you look like you're all supporting Lex Luger, apparently. And I'm so dumb. I'm like looking at this. I'm like, why are they celebrating Fourth of July in August? I'm like, oh yeah, they're trying to hype up Lex. Yeah, yeah. Lex was my hero, and everybody knows who wants to follow Nate on Twitter at Ring Skirts. He made this awesome Lex Luger Lex Express bus. And right. the only thing I would say is, if I were you, I would head swap the narcissist head with the man in the USA head to make it fit perfectly. Did you get the short hair? Nitpick, if I'm a nitpick, yep. Sure. Although, who, know, who knows how much that narcissist is now on, on like eBay. It's crazy. Well, you know I got one. I don't have extras, but I do got my one. Yeah. I like that narcissist figure. It's one of my favorite like ones. It's one of my most underrated ones. Yeah, it's well done. There's a few that's underrated. One that's super underrated, because I'm looking at like my toys in the ground over there, the basic Dusty Rhodes SummerSlam figure. Is that with the, the polka dot one? Yeah. Okay. I think that one's better than the Elite that was released. The Legends Elite. I think the face scan's better. I didn't know that they were different. I'll have to take a look. I think it's the same face scan as the one that came with the WCW uh, basic ring. Okay. Uh, as Macho and Doink are wrestling here, uh, I wanted to ask you something. So you got the AEW ring? Yes. Okay. If someone like me has the Wicked Cool Toys uh, ring, elite scale ring, mm-hmm. would they need to get the AEW ring? Is it different enough? Or is it the um, same thing? It's basically the same construction. It has a couple of small differences. The ring posts are square. That's the big difference. Mm-hmm. Um, the turnbuckles, the actual turnbuckle hooks are a little bit longer. Okay. And the turnbuckle pads are wider. What would you give it? Like, would you recommend someone get this AEW ring? Is it a, is it a worthy investment or would you recommend a different one? I still prefer the wrestling superstore one, mostly because of the size. It's, this is the same size as the wicked cool toys ring. And the wrestling superstore one is about an inch and a half to two inches smaller, which is more in scale for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also right. has. Are the ropes has, like the heights of the ropes? Does that match up oh, yeah. better than? Yeah. The, okay, good. The height, height of the ropes is fine. They'll look good for that. It's just a much bigger ring area wise. Now we can talk about this now that everyone's friends again in the one fig community. So on the major wrestling figure podcast, I saw they read one of your emails where you kind of like went in on Myers about him knocking the rings. And uh, I'm just very, I think he's confused because he keeps saying that the apron and the canvas shouldn't be connected. On mine, they're not. I don't know what he's talking about. They're two separate pieces. So he's referring to the original, the Jack's real scale ring, which is the one at wrestling superstore. They're actually connected. Okay, but you make your own aprons, right? Right, I make my own. Okay, so yeah, just make your own. Yeah. It just seems like you're ironing stuff on. seems easy enough. Something like that. 
But yeah, I, uh, I, I laid into him because he, he was saying that that original jack string was too big. Mm-hmm. And I did the mathematical calculation of scale and I said, dude, it's like exactly in scale. Yeah. <laughs> because it is, it's a big piece. And for me, I mean, you have the Wrestle Cave. And for me, I have the PPW studio area. And in the corner, like I have that elite scale ring on the floor. However, I display it with all my uh, a bunch of loose figures and I change it up every once in a while when I'm bored. But because I have so many loose and because how big the ring is and I want to keep them separated and post, if one knocks over, it is like dominoes. And I'm like, oh my God. And they all fall over. Like right now they're all, they fell over because it was dominoes. I was, like, I was just like, son of a gun. There's a simple solution to that. What? You have to have more figs in the ring. If you get enough, they can't fall over. Well, that's how my uh, Hasbro ring was. <laughs> and because it's an old... Oh, here comes Mini Macho Man. The Macho Midget. <laughs> is he wearing a mask? He is. He is. He's wearing a rubber mask. And it's so creepy. It's a rubber mask. It looks like he's like either drunk or sunburned. Mm-hmm. Or both. Or both. Is Do you... Could you... See, so you... All right. So he just came out on the opposite side of the ring. Could you see him? Was there any like monitors around for you guys to see or no? No. Nothing like oh. that. But... He, he wrestled later in the night and came down the aisle, so I did get to see him then. How far back were you, would you say, down the aisle? How many how many rows? I want to say, like, maybe seven or eight. Okay. But, like, now, throughout the night, we would run. There was this empty part of the aisle where you could get right up to it for handshakes and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was something that I realized years later, if I watch, like, old superstars, kids did this in the arena all the time. You'll see them once the bell rings. They'll be running towards that, that part of the rail. And we did the same thing. Macho's got the small package on Doink. He must not have wanted to do the elbow drop. I think Macho Midget taught him that move. <laughs> you think so? <laughs> I lo- I'm, I'm kind of mad at you. I'm seeing all these Macho Foam fingers. How would you not grab a green Macho Foam finger? <laughs> because it wasn't something I could play with. That's why I went But with you could the two play by with the 2 by 4 Okay, yeah. okay. Because it was a 2 I, by 4 Yeah, that I was understand. I understand. You know, I can't argue with you. So it turns out the Macho Midget was actually played by Tiger Jackson, who was a famous like midget wrestler. He was Dink. Mm-hmm. And he was at that first indie show that I went to. Dink the Clown. He kind of runs like Dink. This this show, as we're doing it, and me being, an, again, I don't have any memories of the show. I do have memories of the next week's show where Lex Luger and like Yoko Ozuna have like, a contract signing. Uh-huh. Did you um, ever wonder when you were at this show, like, when are commercials, like, anything like that? Was there pauses or was it just, like, fire, 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 record, record, record segments yeah, for the show? There weren't commercial pauses. There was nothing mm-hmm. like that, so that wasn't obvious to me. There were a couple times in the show where things kind of paused. I remember Vince and Bobby leaving for a while, for example. Was there... Ever, was there an intermission? Not that I remember. Mm-hmm. I don't remember an intermission. There may no, have this been. is blasphemy. Macho Man's got the Macho Midget on his shoulder like it's Elizabeth at WrestleMania 7. <laughs> and to me, that's blasphemy. <laughs> Cannot well, wait for our friends at OVP to do the WrestleMania 7. I want to like do a call into those guys so I can gush over the Macho King Ultimate Warrior match. <laughs> it's the best match of all time. I'll argue that all day. We we got to acknowledge the Ico Pro. Mm-hmm. In the uh, Titan Tower gym. Yes. And the now the Macho of, Man. The House of Pain, I think they called that. Mm-hmm. Slim Jim ad. Yep. And right after the Slim Jim ad, we have the a SummerSlam report. With so a, uh, With a well-tanned mean gene. Or a well-makeup. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know I still watch Legends House when I can't sleep? And I just laugh. <laughs> That's my wife's favorite show in the network. I would love the, uh, I was watching the one where they were, they went to like the zoom, like the Zumba class or whatever. Yeah. And like 10 minutes in, uh, Gene and, uh, Pat Patterson just said, screw this and sat down and Gene goes, look at Howard. <laughs> He's going to fall <laughs> up on the first floor. <laughs> but Duggan was so into it. You know, he's still, see, he's still a little bit in shape. You've met Duggan, right? Yeah. He's still in shape, still a nice guy. He's not like, he doesn't look weathered. He looks kind of like he did. His hair is a little thinner, but he looks okay. 
Yeah, he actually, uh, he's at a lower weight than when he wrestled. Mm-hmm. He slimmed down. Well, I'm sure his cancer scare kind of like got him back in good shape too. Yeah. Uh, his wife's his handler. And yeah. she looks like she's totally like, I nope, was there, I'm going to stay I, as young as I can. I was with you when you got your hacksaw signed at yeah. WrestleCon. The VHS thing, yeah. Yeah, he, uh, <laughs> the first, not the first year, but at WrestleMania 34 at WrestleCon. So what was cool at 34 was on Sunday they stole to WrestleCon, but it was so like dead. It was like empty because everyone was getting ready for WrestleMania. So that was nice. So we're kind of walking around and hacksaw. I saw him and my friend got a little mini two by four sign for his son. And hacksaw was nice and like Aston Boss, whatever. Everyone knows how nice hacksaw is. But I'm like, all right, hacksaw, ho. He goes, oh, I'm a hold out after all this weekend. And then two <laughs> seconds later, these like two drunk guys are like, hey, hacksaw, let's go. Like right in his face and like paid for a picture, made him do it. I'm like, awesome. His prices went up too in New York. He was 20 bucks in New Orleans, 30 in New York. Well, New York's expensive. I guess. Uh, what, what was that? Was that your first WrestleCon? Yeah. What were your What were your thoughts on WrestleCon New York? I, to me, for being the multiple WrestleCons, it being on multiple fours was very nice. What about you? What was your experience for WrestleCon? How'd you feel about it? Um, I was a little underwhelmed. It wasn't as big as I expected. I'd been to other like wrestling conventions, and maybe mm-hmm. because it was spread out. Yeah. It didn't seem as big to me so we just zoomed in a second here i'd kill for one of those buttons vince has a lex call to action button who's got one i need it so when i went to access i was in line behind a dude who had the button on his phone i wonder if it was real or if it was like a remake i mean honestly i wouldn't care i just want it yeah true i don't care i would love that raw jacket that bobby has the windbreaker windbreaker? oh Oh, my god with the rainbow raw letters okay so they're talking to the million dollar man yeah i was wondering yeah vince and uh, bobby are talking million dollar man so this time you can kind of see the crowds kind of looking around is this like a a lull you're kind of like browsing around did you get any popcorn was there any snacks at this place or was just spent no money on snacks i'm sure they Mm -hmm. had them but i was saving mine for a foam two by four and a pair of hitman glasses. When you guys left, did you make, were you paranoid about getting there on time? Were you that kind of kid, like nervous? Let's get there. Let's get there. We just go with the flow. I was just going with the flow at that time because I didn't have control over it. You know, Oh, we got the kid versus million dollar man highlights here. Here comes razor building up for their feud at SummerSlam 93 million dollar man's last match in the WWF. So for me, I was, and even still now, like I'm a late person and my wife's an on-time person that drives her nuts, but there's a few things I'm always on time for. (laughs) Events, sporting events, wrestling events, and if I'm playing in a sport like a baseball game or a hockey game, I'm always on time. But family stuff, parties, I could care less. I'll get there when I get there. And it drives my wife insane. (laughs) She is, it gives her like anxiety how I don't care about being late. And I get that from my mom and my sister. Like we are like late people. I'm sure the inconsistency drives her even more nuts. Probably, probably. But like, <laughs> so like there'll be like a party at like my aunt's house for like Easter or, or what, a birthday or whatever. Like parties at two. She's like, when we leave, I'm like, we'll leave about two. She's like, it starts at two. I'm like, we'll get, listen, we don't want to be the first ones there. We'll get there when the party's already going. Drives her nuts. So they're showing how it's a challenge of Razor and, and Ted DiBiase. So for me, I remember when once Raw debuted, I was kind of done with Superstars and Challenge. Like to me, I knew that Raw was the A show. I did watch the Saturday morning stuff like WWF Livewire and uh, Mania, was it called, with Todd Pettengill? Yep. I watched those two. Here comes Jim Cornette. All right, what do you got to say so about is, Jimmy? This is Jim Cornette's debut. And when any he idea came who out, he was? Any I idea? Had no idea who the guy was. But as soon as he started talking on the mic, I knew he was an asshole. Like you knew that you were supposed to boo the guy. I had no idea who he was. Yep. Jimmy, Bobby's Jimmy, Jimmy. Yeah. There's Bruce Pritchard. There's Bruce. Yeah. So I've talked about it a lot. One of my favorite shows is the Laughs Fan Podcast, and. Uh, the one co-host, um, JP, 
this was years ago. Like Jack, who is other co-host, just um, the research he does is insane. It's amazing. But he sometimes references what Bruce Pritchard said. And this is years ago. JP's like, I, I don't like Bruce Pritchard. I don't trust him and blah, blah, blah. He's like, why? He goes, because it just seems like to me he's angling for a job back at WWE. And sure enough, he's back at WWE because he never buried the company enough. He was he did the Carney thing. <laughs> Jim Cornette's suit, by the way, looks like he washed his red shirt yes. in with his white <laughs> suit in on warm and out came this color. <laughs> It's probably absolutely true. You know what it could be? It was so hot in the building that night that he may have like sweat through it. Have you ever met Jim Cornette? No, I haven't. Um, he's super nice, super cool to people. And he's got his gimmick or whatever, but he's super cool. When I had the history of the WWE um, guest on oh, a few weeks back, he talked about getting to go to Jim Cornette's house and seeing the attic archive of stuff. I'm like, oh, I'm so jealous. That's amazing. That was a great show, by the way. Thank you. And he's Aaron great guest. And have you, have you, everyone's got a chance. They're a little expensive, but those history of WWE books are like amazing browsing time waster books. Big fan. Like all so, the house show results and like uh, all that stuff. It's fantastic. So Jim Cornette actually makes fun of the venue in this speech. He says something along the lines like, like you cheap hillbillies can't afford air conditioning or something. Well, he's was- sweating. It was so hot in the building, which was true. Like when I was growing up there, since we lived in a northern climate, I didn't know anybody that had air conditioning as a kid. Really? Yeah. Well, it's funny you said it. So Jeff from Fully Posable, him and um, Celeste, they don't have air conditioning at their place. And I'm just, they live in San Francisco and they live right by the bay. So like the bay is like their air conditioning. Oh, okay. And like to me, I was just like, that's like mind boggling because I live in the Midwest where like climates are just insane like negative 22 no hyperbole to 104 no hyperbole so yeah my dad's excuse was our pool was our air conditioning you said fans yeah do you have air conditioning now did you have air conditioning now yes i do (laughs) so this is a promo um taking place in the ring and this is one like stuff like this is one of the reasons i don't like going to TV tapings of Raw or SmackDown or, or whatever, because it just it doesn't come off as good on TV. Were you able to hear them? Do you remember? Could you hear these promos? I don't remember. Yeah, I don't yeah. remember being able to hear them. But didn't know who he was. Didn't know what was going on. Yeah, Jim Cornette's basically Jesus. He is sweating a lot. <laughs> that suit must be polyester. I'm telling you, it was hot too. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure the horse stable wasn't air conditioned. No. No, I'm telling you, most places weren't unless you were going to like a department store. Okay. Like a service merchandise or a venture. Did you have venture by you? No. Okay. Venture was a terrible store. It had like the, it had like the crappy toy section. It was a place like mom would go because they had like dishes and they had like clothes and like a really crappy toy department that there was no chance there was wrestling figures. And if it was, you're getting like, you know, one of like, Who's like a crappy Hasbro? Like that was always out there. Like who's like, like one the always in the pink? No, not even as good as that. Like maybe like a head shrinker, like okay. a single head shrinker. Single head shrinker. Yeah. yeah. My or like a single had, bushwhacker. We had Kmart and Ames and that is mm-hmm. all we had. So we had obviously Toys R Us and then we had uh, Venture. We had service merchandise, Walmart. Uh, and that was Oh, Omni. Eric and I talked about Omni being like an amazing store. Omni, is, do you have Meyer by you by chance? No. Meyer's kind of like a fancy Walmart where it's a department store slash grocery store. And See, that's we, what Omni was. We we didn't even have a Walmart until the mid-90s. Either did we. No. Uh, we didn't either. Walmart kind of showed up here right around this time, 92, 93. I didn't go to a Target until I was in college. Here comes pretty- Mr. Perfect. Which was another great kit. I mean, seeing Mr. Perfect, I remember being very excited about that. Oh, yeah. I remember my buddy and I, before WrestleMania 9, I was a big Perfect fan. He was a big Lex Luger fan. There she is again. Yeah, the ring girl. Changed her outfit. Yeah. We had a, a, a $1 bet on who would win, Perfect or Luger. But because it ended in shenanigans, we decided the bet would be void. 
<laughs> WrestleMania 9. Mr. P, what in your opinion is the best Mr. Perfect figure? Whew. Um, modern or all time? All time. I mean, I guess we're not, we're, let's eliminate a Hasbro. Let's just say between Jax and Mattel era. Okay, Jax and Mattel. Um, I guess the the Heenan family four pack one. I'm happy with that one. Yeah. Um, one of my big regrets about that four pack. I was at a Target once, and they had the four pack on clearance for nineteen dollars. I'm like, that's too expensive. <laughs> now it's at my local secondhand shop for $69. I'm like, son Ooh. of a gun. <laughs> I only want it for the Bobby. I I love the the Retrofest Perfect, but it drives me nuts it comes with the IC title. I hear you. Because we're if both you, crazy people. If you open it up, it's not a problem, though. I suppose that's true. I suppose <laughs> that's true. I've decided that unless I get a figure on discount and if I'm buying a figure, it's staying on the card now. I really have a soft spot for the Hasbro Mr. Perfect though. I think they did a great job on that one. Well, because you could do the perfect plex with him. You could do the perfect plus. He had that golden skin tone. Were you a perfect fan of this time? Were you, did you buy into the baby face turn in 92? Were you all in on perfect? I was all in on perfect when he turned good. Were you and watching he- primetime wrestling when macho man asked him to be his partner? I don't remember. I was, and my God, what I was, I was like, I need to see this pay per view. I need to see Mister Perfect and Macho Man on a team. So like, I remember, just, like, couldn't believe when, it when when Prime Time was on. Like, I couldn't stay up that late, and yeah. I didn't know how to use the VCR yet. Like, once Raw came on, that's when I decided I was going to learn how to record stuff. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I guess, thought this was Dwayne Gilly was wrestling again, but just this guy looks like him. I think this is uh this is Dusty Wolf, isn't it? Dale Wolf? I don't know. The only like jobbers I remember of <laughs> Mr. Perfect's taking his singlet off. This poor independent wrestler. That's probably like his entire paycheck, this cost <laughs> of this singlet. Perfect <laughs> just rips it off. Notorious ribber, Mr. Perfect. I think he knew. I mean, look at he's got these long Long athletic tights underneath it. He knew it was going to happen. Yeah, here we go. The perfect plex. I mean, I, I'm jealous. You got to see the perfect plex. Look at that bridge. Yeah. It's Did such he lock a the cool fingers. Move. He locked the fingers. We talk about this a lot, or not a lot. Eric, I talk about it. Like, I wish wrestlers would go back and just study shows and steal moves that aren't done anymore. Like, who? Why is no one stolen the perfect plex? Someone needs to. I would imagine it. I don't know. You think it's scary to take? No, it's a, it's just a fisherman suplex. Yeah. I like, I talk <laughs> about it a lot. Like, I watched a Jake Roberts-Rick Rude match. Oh, here's a Hasbro commercial. Oh, yeah. This is, like, a rare one. They've got Skinner. The later series. Yeah. Um, But, I, like I said it before, there's a match between Rick Rude and, uh, D, and Jake Roberts where Jake Roberts has... Oh, we got the Lex Express oh, paying the toll. Is. We've got Jake Roberts does the DDT, and Rick Rude grabs the ref, and the ref gets dropped. Like, like he gets, like, hit by... What's his name? By Rick Rude with a DDT. Someone needs to steal that. One of my biggest regrets is not going to Comiskey Park where the White Sox play to see the Lex Express in 93. I mean, I don't know how it could have gotten there, but... <laughs> I do remember Lex being on the broadcast in the broadcast booth during the Sox game. And that was the year the White Sox won the division title 93. Yeah, Lex, I was all in on. And uh, they've got the contract signing to Tonka versus Mr. Hughes next week. Mm-hmm. And there's no monitor, so you don't know what's going on. No idea. Have no idea what they're saying. <laughs> well, they're talking about right now. Yeah, the Jim Cornette's promoting Smoky Mountain Wrestling, which is like a weird partnership WWF and Smoky Mountain had. Yeah, I think next wrapping week, up the either next week or this week they have the uh, Heavenly Bodies around. All right, well, they're they're wrapping up Raw here, so we're gonna go ahead and end it, and we got a few more things to talk about, so we'll just stop this Raw. So I hope. You guys enjoyed any other. We'll, we'll stop the show. Any other memories from this show? This one particular, like we're, there's more tapings, which I want to do in a future show. 
But any other stuff you could remember, anything from walking in to seeing other people to, oh, wondering when you were a kid, I wonder if this guy will be here. Maybe Hogan will show up. Like anything else you can think of. Yeah, I, the one thing when we first came in, I remember seeing uh, one of the Hebners. He was sitting in the back. It must have been Dave because he wasn't dressed as a referee. And he was like sucking on a dum dum lollipop. <laughs> and just as a kid, I thought that was weird to see like an adult sucking on the world's smallest lollipop. <laughs> like the ones they give to kids after a haircut. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like you like you get in the uh, the cheap three hundred for one Halloween uh-huh. candy bag. So I remember seeing him in the back doing that. Um, mm-hmm. When we first went to the show, our seats weren't available because they had to use it for camera space. Okay. So we actually ended up getting better seats than we were expecting. That's that's a big detail. That's a that's a big deal. So did you do you think you would have seen your seen the show better, or no. did you were closer? No. Okay. No, we we really lucked out because we would have been back quite a bit, and the area we were in didn't have any risers, so. Being children at the time, we wouldn't have saw crap. Do you? So were your were your parents friends with this kid's parents enough where they're like, "Here's the money to bring my kid to the show. I don't want to go to." Yeah, I think that's how it happened. Like when I talked to my parents about it, I think they ended up talking to his parents and they negotiated who was going to take us both. Do you remember when you were told, "Okay, we're going"? Because right away your parents said no. Do you remember when you were told, "Yes, you can go"? Yeah, absolutely. I, I was, it was just the most exciting day as a kid, you know, I'd never seen the WF before and it had been at least like two years of fandom, which mm-hmm. at that age is forever. So I was ecstatic. I could not wait. I slept over at his house the night before and you, then that's the a, hold on all the time. time, time, time. We're, we're going to slow down. Okay. So you get to go to your friend's house the night before for a sleepover. Sure. Which is super cool as a kid, regardless. Were you and your buddy like up all night, like discussing what might be? Was there hype? Did their, did their parents say, get your butts to bed? We got to leave early tomorrow. Like what was, do you remember when this around when the taping started? All that uh, stuff. No, no, we were allowed to stay up. Um, I brought my Hasbros because although my friend was a fan, I was the person amongst my friend that had all the Hasbros. Yep. So my, my friends just didn't collect. They would just play with mine. So I'd bring my figures and my ring. We'd set up a super card and we played that all night. And nice. the one the one thing I remember we were most excited about, as I said earlier, we're debating what we were going to see because we didn't know if it was going to be raw or superstars or a Coliseum videotaping. And we just kind of debated what it was going to be, what show it was. Even less about who was going to be there. It was more about what the show was. When you guys are fantasy booking <laughs> and playing with the Hasbro's, when you guys played together the Hasbro's, because in my group of friends, my buddy Jason had all the figures. So, like, he let me, like, borrow them sometimes. I remember they were in, like, a white box. Um, but I did have a ring. Uh, when you guys were fancy booking and doing the figures and all that, was one of you each holding a figure or was oh, switched no. back and forth? Okay. Yeah, you can't play like that. So we had two different ways we would play. We would start by taking turns making the card. And we'd each take a turn making a match. And then we would like come together and decide the proper match order. Uh And we would like flip a coin to see who would go first. And then we would take turns and whatever match you got was the match that you got to play. And sometimes we would just do it where I do a match, he'd do a match, so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. But once in a while we would have the other person get to play referee. Did you have a figure referee? We did not have a referee figure, but but we did would, you use someone? Yeah, we would usually use IRS or Million Dollar Man because they kind of had like a dress shirt on, like the referee mm-hmm. did. So we would use one of those as the referee. And I remember we would really piss each other off because we'd enforce the rules and we'd disqualify each other and be like, "That's not what's supposed to happen." And be like, "Hey, I'm the referee." <laughs> when did the taping start for this show? Do you remember? Like, it was it afternoon? Was it? evening was it early do you remember because it was a sunday yeah it was a sunday but it was during the summer too so i remember it being like early evening i want to say we got there maybe i don't know like maybe 6 30 7 o'clock and Mm -hmm. we were we were out by 10 maybe 
I'm guessing you have no idea because you didn't pay for it. Any idea how much the tickets cost? I have no idea. No idea. I would have, 20 bucks tops, 15 that's I'm what I'm. That's what I'm guessing. I can tell yeah. you what the merch cost. The bre- glasses were <laughs> six. The two by four was four. Do you still have both those items? I do. I still have them both. My brick glasses have a crease in them because over the years in storage, they did get a little folded, but I still have them both. The two by four you still have too? Mm-hmm. That's good. That's impressive, especially because like, the thing's not bulky, but it's not easy to throw in a box, you know? Yeah. It's a little long and awkward. So yep. we broke the news several months back that we're going to have a little ring skirts coming soon. Any day now is Any what day? we heard before we yep. record. A few questions for you. As the child gets older, will they be allowed to play with wrestling, some of your figures? Or will you be giving them their own, stay away from my stuff? Like, what's the uh, plan? I haven't figured all that out yet. It'll probably depend. Um, I'll have to observe him, see how rough he is. Very, by the way. (laughs) Yeah. If if he's rough, he'll have his own, you know. Um, Uh, But we'll see. I'm sure there'll be a lot of changes. So a couple of things. As every kid's different, obviously. But you'll notice really quickly uh, what stuff you'll have to quote-unquote baby-proof once they're mobile. You'll have a good year after they're born. To not have to worry about them being mobile. But even though you have a basement, even though you have a wrestle cave, the kid will want to be where you are. So if you're down there, they'll want to see it. If they can't have it, they'll want to see it, which is awesome. Uh, Another question I have for you, this is not figure wrestling related. What is some of the advice, if any, people have given you about being a, a parent coming up soon? You know, the only really advice anyone's trying to give me is just to be prepared that life is going to change and it's going to be a stressful change, but it's going to be one that feels good too. And it's a big shift in priorities. Well, I'll say this one. You won't remember what life was like before. You're just like, wait a minute that I don't remember that. Like, um, and also, uh, I remember when we were first, our, our first daughter was born, like people were like, oh, just wait, no sleep and all this terrible stuff. But yeah, I hope nobody said that to you because if they did ignore them. I've heard that it way, is, too, way too much. Well, it is the best thing that will ever happen to you. And I don't mean that in the sense that you'll get like, you know, a montage of homework moments as they happen. And like, oh, this, 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 this. But as the kid grows up and as you grow with them you'll be like sitting there randomly and sit back and think oh that was great or that was great and that was great so keep that in mind also um help your wife out as much as you can because she's going to have a ton more to do than you would do sure just that's just how it is um so my two big things of advice is one it's going to be the best thing that'll ever happen to you and two make sure your wife's taken care of um, especially as she's recovering after the baby's born. Uh, I'm sure you'll have family to help a little bit, but just you guys will figure it out and you'll be great at it. And the internet's the best and worst thing ever when it comes to kids. <laughs> as far as like, my kid is a ring. What does that mean? Your kid's probably fine. Or your kid is dying. You're like, oh my God, I'm going to go to the ER. <laughs> Which by the way, both kids, we went to unnecessary trips at the ER at 3 a.m. Just okay. so, you know. so don't worry about that. Totally unnecessary trips, but we did it, and um, uh, you'll see. It'll be fun. It'll be a lot of fun, and it's super hard, but it's super awesome. And uh, if you haven't binged watched a TV show yet, uh, have one ready because it helps to stay up while you're holding the kid while they're trying to get him to sleep in the middle of the night. So that helped me too. I watched Ozark when the second kid was born. <laughs> Energy drinks in Ozark. Very good. So, but yeah, you guys will have fun and. Uh, if anyone wants to send Nate money, because <laughs> kids are expensive. Because <laughs> he won't be able to buy figures. No, I'm just, I'm just teasing you. So. Uh, and did you do you guys did you guys find out? I think we asked. So did you find out if it was gonna be a boy or a girl? Yeah, it's gonna be a boy. Okay. Yep. Well, we're all looking forward to the official announcement and all that stuff, man. So. Yeah, it'll be uh, any day now. Uh, Jack Pacific is his name. Jack. <laughs> 
Jack, classic superstars, Pacific <laughs> skirts, <laughs> skirts, son of ring skirts, son of ring skirts. So it'll be cool, man. It'll be fun. And I know it's a little goofy now, especially because of the quarantine time, but you will appreciate not being able to go anywhere. Yes. When being at home. So it'll be, I, I my wife and I were joking. I'm like, well, we should probably get a puppy because if we don't, we're going to be so bored, we're going to have another kid. <laughs> so let's just get another, let's get a second puppy or a second dog. Uh, before we wrap up, let's wrap up with some uh, official wrestling talk. I want to ask you a couple things. Since you collect so much and have so many figures, uh, if somebody wants to get into the fig photography game, what are a couple things you would recommend? What ring would you recommend? Um, what uh, po- is there any figures that pose better than others as far as lines? Um, anything else you want to talk about? Because I know the figure photography game it's expanding a little bit and it's fun on Instagram and Twitter. So uh, anything you want to advise to people? Yeah, I would advise investing in a scale ring. Any of the mm-hmm. scale rings are fine. I prefer the wrestling superstore one myself because it's a little smaller, a little more in scale. Um, you can buy some cheap lights. I'm not an expert in lighting, but you can buy some cheap lights for photography on Amazon. Um, a backdrop is pretty important. Yeah. The easiest way to get one is, oh, what's the guy's name? You know who I'm talking about? The guy who has the crowd pop-ups? I do, but I don't collect them, so I don't know. Is that the one where there's no um, like shine on it, so there's no um, right. glare? It's exactly. I'm blanking on what he's called. <clears throat> Extreme sets. Extreme okay. sets. That's, that's the easiest way to get a background, and that'll that'll make your photography look much, much better. And the one trick I use, I don't have a fancy camera. I use my cell phone. Um, but if you try to take perspective into mine, if you take the camera down low as if you were a six-inch cameraman, mm-hmm. it can make the shots look more realistic. That's just my little trick. Yeah. And as you see stuff on clearance, grab them, I would say. Um, from I'm sure uh, Ringside, Collectibles, and Entertainment Earth – and Megalopolis will all have Black Friday sales coming up in a couple months. Sure. So just grab them like yeah. for like a couple bucks just to have, you know? And the bottom line, have. Have, have fun with it, you know? Mm-hmm. You don't have to take the best pictures in the world, but if you're taking something and it's fun and you're enjoying sharing it, that's really all that matters. When you're doing it, do you find it somewhat like soothing? Like, because you're it's meticulous and you have to set stuff up. It's like your mind's concentrating on one thing. Does that help? You know, you know what? It depends on the session. <laughs> There's okay. some times where if I get the shot and it turns out to be how I pictured in my mind, it's very soothing and relaxing setting things up. Mm-hmm. But there are other times when I can't get the figures to like stand right or they constantly fall or the referee falls and he doesn't even have a job. So his one job is to stand there. Why is he falling and knocking everything else over? It can yeah. be frustrating at times too. Understandable. Understandable for sure. All right, man. Well, this was a fun lot watch along. We'll do it again for the second half of this taping. And I'm glad we finally got to. And there's a lot of back and forth. One, because I'm a terrible podcaster and I have a terrible time keeping a schedule. And everyone that does weekly shows, you're much better than me. So keep that in mind. If you want to follow Nate on Twitter, I'm sure you already do. In case you don't, for some reason, he's at Ringskirts on Instagram. Ringskirts as well, same thing? Yep. Okay, so Ringskirts for figure photography. And he's always getting tagged and stuff. And much like the doing the favor guys, always getting tagged, doing the favor guys when I can always tell what I'm going to thread because there's my notifications go through the wall because they're doing awesome giveaways. Like today, I think they're giving away the Greg the Hammer Valentine. So follow them, follow our friends at the OVP podcast, follow our friends at the Fully Posable podcast, everyone in the fig life, fig community, all that stuff. I know we're all dork collecting wrestling memorabilia and figures, so... And also keep sharing your stuff. Like I love when you share the random things, like the pictures of Hulk Hogan or the, you know, the the belts and all that stuff. I mean, I think I feel like with all the belts you have, you've gotten less known for the belts and more for the fig photography, which might be annoying because the belt is a little more expensive. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. I I don't post the belts as as much just because it's like, how many times I'm going to post a picture of the same belt over and over again. But you get creative with it. Like for me the other day, I thought about doing it, but I got lazy. So I'll do it again next week. Like I've got the two warrior versions of the IC and the uh, winged eagle belt. Uh 
uh-huh. like trying to find the VHS cover, yeah. like the WrestleMania six one, and then also the Survivor Series ninety one. So like stuff like that, you know, and like the Attitude Era belt with like Stone Cold, the over the edge pay per view. He's got it over his shoulder, stuff like that. So yeah, we'll get on. So creative stuff, right, Nate? Let's share creative stuff. Absolutely. All right, man. Anything else? No, no. Thanks for having me. Fun stuff. Awesome, man. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening. We will see you soon.